0: WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning.
1: Hello and welcome to the of College Football Fantasy Podcast, your place for all things Debbie, college EFS, and college football betting advice, and probably some unabashed homerism. I'm your host, Stephon LeCoe, joined by my co-host, Matt Wispay, you can find him on Twitter at Wispy the kid. You can find me at StayFunLaco. Please listen to this podcast. You know, you should actually do me a favor. Subscribe to both the Rotoviz Radio main feed and also the College Football Fantasy podcast feed and listen to it on both. Listen to it twice. Actually, just listen to it once. Just pretend like you listened to it twice. We need those numbers, baby. Uh, subscribe, uh, follow, whatever they ask you to do, do that. Um, and most importantly, you want to take all of Matt's picks because he's crushing it this year um i actually had I'm a winning like 500 week. 500 every week hey, let's be clear crushing you're positive in the uh, roi category well, oh, before yeah. we get started i wanted to ask you something because i listen to other betting shows especially like i listen to a lot of nfl betting shows and stuff like that um and you hear it a lot in college football too but they talk about like a letdown game or the hangover spot or oh they're really going to get up for this and i'm wondering if you because it seems like momentum like you can use it to describe the past. You cannot use it to express what's going to happen. And so for me, like being like, man, uh, they just got a, a, a terrible beat last week. So now they're not going to be ready for this game. Like you could use the same logic like, oh, man, they played so well and we're just short. So now they're super motivated. And you know what I mean? Like I find it really difficult to use those um, those arguments when it comes to like forecasting my picks. How are you on that? I mean, I tend to try and avoid some of those spots. I say that I've got I've got
2: one that would be a very can't big candidate for a letdown um, on my picks. But uh, I, I think it's, there's value in it, but I think it's not necessarily like letdown spot. I think there's, thinking about things like what type of game is going to leave a team more physically unprepared, So like if you're playing against Georgia, then the next week you're very likely having just come off a very physical game, less likely to be the more physical team. If that makes sense. So I think there's things like just understanding the, the balance of like, if a game, if you're playing Alabama, that game is going to be more physically demanding on you than playing Vanderbilt. So are you likely to come out just be a little bit less likely to just be firing at a hundred percent? Um, if you're going into one of these games and maybe it's because of stuff like that, like it's hard to quantify. And I think it is one of those things that you're right. It's probably easier in hindsight to bring up, but I do think that there's, um, things you can look for. And it's like, if there's a massive discrepancy between caliber of opponents between week to week. So like, if you go from, uh, I guess, <laughs> Arcan- I mean, there isn't a great one on this slate, but I mean, even like UK down or er, playing LSU, let's say LSU instead of LSU was like, let's go back to ragging on them, Vanderbilt. In that one, I think you could make a case that they were would be less likely to have come into this game firing at 100%. They might just be going in there to just kind of like get through the game pick up a fairly easy win and just get out. So you're it it's hard to say um but I do think there's probably some value to like there's things like the sandwich spot where you're getting like back where there's like a game in between a big game between two big games that game you tend to probably see some like little bit of lax play and then uh yeah the letdown spot I letdowns are they're hard to say because I think certain teams are pre- are probably fairly prone to them but then like when you talk about the elite of the elite um I particularly one of the things I guess I'll just say it is like Sabin is is all about process re- process driven um opinions rather than results driven opinion or how he feels about his team and I think in that situation you're probably less likely to get one from a Saban one but maybe you are likely to get one off of like maybe Kirby Smart after destroying Arkansas this week is just going to not kill someone.
1: Yeah. yeah, And I think to your point, I, I don't actually hear many people talk much about the physicality of, of an opponent uh, the week prior and, and what that could mean in the future. Like I don't hear much of that analysis, and I think that's actually really interesting uh, because I bet you there is thing to that, like after getting beat up by that Georgia defense, yeah, you, you're probably not going to be <laughs> feeling quite as healthy and and happy that next week. Uh, much more of it is around like the, the psychological, emotional side, which to me is just really hard to quantify. Uh, and, and I think it's smart to say that there's probably different coaches that you can, and, and, and we do hear that this from time to time, like, uh, like the, like being an Oregon fan, like the big thing with Chip Kelly has always been his, his non-conference games are not always as, as good as his conference games, you know? Uh, so mm there probably, uh, there probably are certain coaches where you can spot some of those things, but yeah, I would just listen to it. And it was kind of driving me crazy because I just think it's, it's What's the, what's the nice way to say this? I think it's a lazy Garbage. approach. I think it's a lazy approach where you're like, oh, it's, it's a letdown spot. Yeah. It's a crutch argument. Yeah. Chris Harris always talks about that on his show. And when, when he's on, when he's been on this show before, he's always given me a hard time about that stuff. But yeah. Um, well, cool. Let's, uh, let's go through um, the rundown of last week. Then we'll hit the break and then we'll, we'll come out with our, our week plays for, um, for the slate this Saturday, unless you have some Thursday, Friday action, of course. I, I don't think I do. Yeah, I don't.
2: I don't know. I didn't. I haven't looked yet. I, I don't. I sometimes forget to check when games are scheduled.
1: I know. I do too. <laughs> but anyway, um, I actually had a decent week. I went six and five. My first uh, plus week. Uh, only yeah. up one. Only up one unit. It was a bummer though, dude. Because like I started off like in Fuego. I I was so hot. Everything was hitting. I was super excited. And then I, I finished the day off with like. Four straight losses, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? This could have been such a good week, and instead, um, I'm only a point." Well, the turn for your day was
2: Notre Dame. You started off killing it, and yeah. then the game that I told you to be afraid of, yeah, went that way. No, yeah. I, uh, that wasn't an "I told you so."
1: No, that's was twice a, though I I that that's happened. So. Um, that's twice that you've told me not to bet something. I did it anyway, and I lost.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's hard to say. Like, I think the wrong team is favored because there's usually like, I I tend to believe there's a reason why Vegas isn't bankrupt. And when Vegas has a team favored and sharps aren't hammering it, like when there isn't just a, just a, enough money to completely flip a line, I do tend to just be like, all right, well, if I have the other team favored, am I doing something wrong? And I'll, I mean, I have one of those on mine as well. And we'll get to that here in a second. Um, I So I think that's just for me, it's it's the reason why power rating is so hard, because when you are trying to power rate these teams and you see you're you're like, oh, I have like a seven point edge and right. you just kind of you just have to take a half step back and be like, all why? right, <laughs> why is that am I doing something wrong? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I like your card overall. You you did well with the. Uh,
1: fade, um, fade, uh Colorado. I'm wearing I'm wearing a Colorado hat right now. I got my CU Buffs hat on. So thank you um, very much. A fade
2: Colorado play. You did well with the uh, bet on B, the BYU train that's going on right now. Um, fade USF is always I mean, a strong play. Um, and then you bet on a scum team. I hate Michigan. Oh, I hope they lose all their
1: games. Yeah. That's what we call them. We call them scum. <laughs> Yeah, you went four and four last week, but you uh, you did better on, uh, better than me on the unit side of things, which is why I think there's more value in looking at units than just the record. Um, yeah, part of the reason
2: why we're tracking units a little more closely this year and why I'm actually like keeping track of it on the season a little bit more is because I do think that if you just look at my numbers for the year, 27, 23, and one, you'd probably think I'm only up like a unit or heck I might even be down with that record just be, if I was just doing one unit across at one ten the whole time. Um, but part of the reason why I'm doing it is because like I, I did feel more confident about a bet this year. Like I felt very strongly that Texas was just going to go out there and win. I I will say that was a sweat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I felt very good about uh, Houston. That was one team where uh, I thought the wrong team was favored and I felt very good about it. And then, it wasn't as much of a sweat, but to be honest, like I felt fairly good about Western Kentucky. Originally that was a two unit play for me and I backed off. Um, and then I felt amazing about Penn state team total over 33 and a half. And of course that one came up short. So it was just one of those weeks where it was like, I, 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 I am happy. I played it safe with that Texas money line. It didn't try and lay points there because obviously I may have lost myself some value, but that would have been a a sweat and a half if I was trying to sit there waiting on um, Texas to just like cover.
1: Yeah. It Um, was a good week though. I mean, we both were positive. Let's keep that going. But
2: for what it's worth, I I will say, so I gave you grief about thinking Notre Dame being favored. I did the same thing. Obviously I had Maryland money line on my ticket because I thought this Maryland team was good. I thought Iowa was fluky. I will tell you this. Iowa straight, I'm trying to do a power rating this year. Like, I'm trying really hard to build my own power rating system. Holy hell. There are a few teams right now that are breaking my model. Um, Let me, I'll just pull it up because it's funny.
1: That um, those, those turn Is it the turnover differential that's hard well, for you so to... Well,
2: so it's, for Iowa, it's that none of their stats look good because of the fact that there's so much... Like, their starting field position is number one in the country by, like, two full yards. Everyone else is, like, starts to bunch up, but they're two full yards ahead of everyone. They're starting at, like, an average of their 37-yard line. So, basically, they're getting the ball real close to the 50 every single time because of the fact that they're having so many turnovers in the opposing side or across the 50-yard line. It's just, it becomes crazy. The other team that's broken my system, uh, Arizona State. And Pitt to the point where I manually I lowered Pitt and Arizona State a little bit because I just was like I know it's I, I'm just, I know they're good I don't think Arizona State would be a favorite on a field or like favorite on a neutral field against Auburn or a favorite on an open field against Penn State and that was where it initially dropped them in so it's a, oh
1: I would take Arizona State over Auburn
2: I love that. I don't know that I would um i auburn is pretty solid maybe i don't i it's it's weird it i'm starting to get to the point where i've complete i'm almost completely removing my preseason stuff that i have in there because my my baseline start is i put a five-year average of s&p plus on there and then i jump into like a talent and then i do advanced stats second order win totals and then i adjust for their strength of schedule. Um, and I'm almost at the point where I've removed the five-year adjustment on it. And that's propping up a couple teams. But yeah, Arizona State's a weird one. So is Pitt. And then Iowa is way low in here. And I'm I'm about to just manually throw them up to like 10.
1: Yeah, oh, that makes sense. Um,
2: but yeah, but let's get to our ads and then we yeah. can jump into this yep. week's bets. All
0: right.
1: All right. You want to take a to, uh, take the lead on this one? You've got yeah. a couple more in there than I do. So let, let's I see I do. What you and got. I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna start off with one that I'm less confident in, and I'm gonna work my way up to my most confident one will be my last play. Um Western Michigan minus six and a half in the first half against Ball State. Ball State has been not very good this year. Uh they're a not very good football team. Western Michigan is a pretty good football team that's been killing a lot of people. Uh I actually think there's a decent chance that Western Michigan does cover the number i think it's at 11 right now um but to be honest that number scares me a little bit it's a little bit big and uh they've played some closer games um but they've also got like they've like they only beat buffalo by 7 and that's why i'm a little bit worried to go after them but buffalo also i think is better than ball state so it's a weird spot um but i do really like the home or er, yeah the home matchup here and getting Western Michigan in the first half and only having to be up by a touchdown. So we'll see. This is going to be a windy game, which might actually favor Ball State because it might just keep the score down. But I'm just going to go out here and just go on a team that I think might actually compete to be the best team in the MAC. Yeah,
1: and that's 115 over at BetMGM. So I was just about to ask that. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to do the same thing. I'll start with my least confident and work my way up. Um, I'm going to start with Michigan State at Rutgers under 50 and a half at minus 110, also on Bet um, MGM. I think this game is going to look fairly similar to the the Rutgers uh, Michigan game, you know, about 20 to 13, or maybe even the Michigan State Nebraska game, 20 to 23. I think we're going to be looking at that uh, at a point total in the mid 40s. Just classic Big Ten football. Both these teams, especially Michigan State, we know they want to run the ball. Rutgers did a really good job of preventing. Uh, big plays by Michigan in that game they were able to well while Michigan was still able to move the ball and and, and be effective enough uh, they didn't have very many explosive plays I kind of expect the same um, in this game I think Michigan State uh, will will probably win this game um, but I think both teams are going to want to take their time uh, move kind of slowly through it but I, I'm going to put one unit on it I don't have any half unit plays this week uh, but Michigan State at Rutgers under 50 and a half well I guess I'm not going to go in order of my least confidence and most <laughs>
2: confident because I'm also on this play. I just um, saw that as I was talking. <laughs> um,
1: it makes me feel good. These are
2: two teams that really are relying upon the run. Neither one yep. of them has an explosive passing game. Um, both defenses are, are good, not great. And if I remember, I was looking at this. Michigan State's one game where they ended up scoring a fair number of points was last week against Western Kentucky. And I'm just going to put this out there. Western Kentucky's offense is better than... Uh, Rutgers offense it's or at least it's more explosive and forces you to play a little bit faster um, I think Rutgers is uh, a competent team which is why I'm completely fading the spread on this one but I do really think that the total in this one stays pretty low yeah you can get 50 and a half kind of all over the place but yeah I, I like it at or I have it also listed at MGM so this would be a one unit play for me and do I I'm trying to figure out... Well, I'm just going to go roll into my next one. Yeah, uh, yeah, please. North Texas and Missouri, under 69. Uh, North Texas isn't actually good on offense. Um, that's a huge part of this. Uh, North Texas is a, a struggling team on offense this year. Missouri, yes, their defense is um, pretty beatable. It's probably one of the worst defenses in the country. Um, but where they're re- particularly bad is against the run and North Texas is a team that wants to air it out. So I think in this spot, you're, you're probably just betting on uh, North Texas to play at such a fast pace that they end up doing it, uh, doing enough damage. But the problem is, is that they're just not that good on offense. They're averaging 2.4 points per opportunity. Uh, they are playing at a real fast pace of 21 and uh pl- 21 and a half seconds per play but their offensive success rate is only 37% and their defense is actually okay it's it has it's only allowing a su- uh, only allowing a success rate of 38% although they do allow some explosive plays i with the fact that there's also some weather in this game i believe there's some fairly strong winds i think this one was while i pull this up i think it was winds over 15 miles an hour and in games like that, I, I really just like to look, I'm looking for a low score. So I don't think this one's going to get near 70. And yeah, I mean, it's only a half unit play for me. Like I said, it's not, it, this would be one of my lower confidence plays of the week, but no, it's 12 and a half mile per hour crosswinds, but crosswinds with a team that you're really just fading explosive plays. I, I'm, I'm okay saying it won't get to 70. Or 69, which is the number I have. So half unit on that, it's uh, minus 110 over at DraftKings.
1: Missouri's been really disappointing to me this year. Uh, They're really not good. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of hope that, you know, Basil and company would be a bit better. Um, My next play is going to be Arkansas at Ole Miss under 67 at minus 115 over on DraftKings. Um, You might be surprised to hear this one, but uh, I love... Ole miss overs typically, but I do think this Arkansas defense is better than what they looked like last week against Georgia. They got behind quick and they just couldn't get back in the game, which led to led to um, some, some good field uh, position opportunities for Georgia, which Georgia was able to take care of uh, business pretty easily. If you recall uh, this game last year um, on October 17th, Georgia, not Georgia. So I'm sorry, Arkansas, um beat mississippi um 33 21 thanks to was it six interceptions by matt corral now i don't a lot this was the reason why people thought matt Corral wasn't good (laughs) yeah and like while i don't expect that to happen again i do think that this is not going to be a slugfest i think points are going to be scored but arkansas knows what their identity is they're not going to look to get into like a a boat race with with lane kiffin and company they're going to try to slow this game down Uh, I believe KJ Jefferson is supposed to play for Arkansas. So I I think we'll see a lot of running the football and, and just a really conservative game plan from Arkansas and relying on their defense. Ole Miss likes to run the football, um, quite a bit. They're missing their, one of their star wide receivers. Um, I I think that this game is comfortably under, I I would have played it down to 60, 63, 64 in that, in that range. Um, I, I feel pretty good about it, but still, um, I like, all my other plays more, but, um, Arkansas Ole Miss under 67. Yeah.
2: I'm with you on this one. I thought this number was really high when I saw it. Um, it's gotten steamed up cause I think it did start lower. Ole Miss is really not good against the run. So I do think Arkansas is going to find a fair amount of success, but I, uh, I think Arkansas is, gonna go into this game with the idea of they're gonna drop eight on defense to try and just force Ole Miss to pass the ball which will mean that Ole Miss is running and Arkansas is going to run the
1: ball which means the clock is running so I I really like this one for you and it's a big Um, number too like it's it's not like we're talking about a number in the 40s like they can both score a lot of points and we can still be okay
2: yes um all right I got one that is a little bit weird um
1: that doesn't sound like you at all.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know how I love totals in the 40s. You're gross. Um, I particularly love totals in the 40s when both teams are averaging more than 28 seconds per play and both teams run the ball more than 60 percent of the time, um, and they both have defenses that are actually competent. So I'm taking Air Force and Wyoming under 47 and a half. It's one twelve minus one twelve over on Sugar House. Um, Yeah, I don't think there's a ton that needs to be said on this. Air Force is averaging 30 and a half seconds per play. They run the ball 90% of the time. Um, And their run game, it's fine. It's actually not like it's it's good, but it's not amazing. It's 45% success rate. Um, So I, I would say this is one where I am fairly confident that they're just going to do what they do, which is run into each other a lot and not pass the ball at all. And both of these teams are going to find uh, some success running the ball. Um I think Air Force is more likely to have success because Wyoming's run defense does allow a little bit more um a little bit more to success rate. Um but yeah, I think this one stays pretty low scoring. I would guess this game finishes like 21-17 range. Um so I think you have a little bit of wiggle room on this. Uh, I, I wouldn't play it much lower in the 47 and a half, though, just because it's already fairly low. Don't look for it to get, or don't wait around and let it get even lower.
1: Yeah. Um, that sounds good. <laughs> that sounds like a very safe play to me. Um, that might be one. I like to do one or two teasers every week. That might be one. I, I, I throw into a teaser and just get the number a little bit north of 50 College and have some fun. teasers. I know it's fun. Yeah, they never hit. <laughs> That's why I don't talk about them on this show very much. Uh, my next game is also right around that 47-point total. I'm also taking another under. I'm going to um, Notre Dame at Virginia Tech. If you look at how these teams play, um, if you take away that crazy 41-point score um, against Wisconsin, like I think anyone who saw that game realizes that that is a slightly misleading, <laughs> extremely misleading um, final the score. Length.
2: They were down in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah. Um, so 31 points in the fourth quarter. I don't think that happens again. In fact, I don't think that, I don't think that, um, Notre Dame scores more than 20 because that's, you know, against Purdue 27 against Cincinnati 13 against decent competition. They're not putting up a ton of points. Tech as well. Um, their highest point total is, is 21 points. If you take out their game against middle Tennessee state. So neither of these offenses are super dynamic. We've seen the struggles. Um, At Notre Dame, um, Kyron Williams is awesome. Uh, Chris Tyree is great. But the offensive line isn't doing its job, in my opinion, to create enough space, create the holes necessary. Uh, both teams will rely on the defense. I, I think this is a pretty safe bet uh, to go under that 47. So go-, go ahead and lock that one up for me. I, I feel real good about this um, one unit on it. I was uh, surprised. I was surprised you didn't have a play on this one. This, this seemed like a, a Wispay special.
2: I'm going to be honest with you. I got real distracted looking at that one because Notre Dame started out as six point favorites and now you can potentially get Notre Dame as a dog. Yeah, it's um, crazy.
1: I got distracted when I was staring at that one. So, and that's that, why I'm afraid to play, play aside because no, I've seen so much, so much line movement. Uh, we saw what happened that in week zero or week one, whenever, whenever UNC went there. Um, that was a madhouse. So yeah, I don't want any part of that nonsense. And I'm sick of betting. I'm sick of having to root for Oregon, Notre Dame, because I've done it a couple weeks in a row. Just yeah, want to watch a gross defensive battle. Um, so here's
2: one that's back in my wheelhouse. It's a Mac game and I'm taking a total. Um, so this is actually going to be one thing I write up for action network this week. going to be honest. I haven't started the article yet. It's due tomorrow at noon. Um, but so Northern Illinois and Toledo play this week. Uh, I think Toledo is still arguably the best team in the um, in the MAC. Uh, them in Western uh, Mich- them in Western Michigan will be an interesting comparison as the season rolls on. But Toledo's actually not driven that much by their offense, despite what you might assume about them. They're a fairly slow pace, slow paced offense. They're averaging twenty eight seconds per play. They only had a 35% success rate uh, total and neither their running or passing game is really stands out, but they're a little bit explosive in the running game, but they do allow a fairly high sack rate. They're not generating a ton of line yards and they're not scoring significantly more than a field goal per opportunity. What the difference is, is that they're the reason why I still think they're a really quality team is because they're only allowing a 37% success rate and they're very good at stopping the run. Well, in this matchup, they're going to go up against Northern Illinois, who runs the ball uh, about 63% of the time. Um, So I I think this is going to be a game where it's strength on strength, and neither offense is really going to do a whole lot. Getting a number in the 50s feels kind of wrong. I do think this number probably should be much closer to that Air Force-Wyoming game, down in the 47 range. So I think because these two teams play very slow, both of them over 28 seconds per play, um, I just see, and the fact that Toledo's offense is not great. I don't see them throwing up a big number and like getting the total by themselves. So the, I, I'm a little more iffy about this one. I'm still, we're starting, still aren't in the games where I feel amazing. We're in the games I feel pretty good about. Um, but I do think that this number, this total number just feels a little bit too high. So I'm going to go with, uh, Northern Illinois and Toledo under 52 and a half. I got it at minus minus one twelve over at sugar house.
1: Yeah, I uh, I have a question for you, Matt. So, what do what do San Diego's, South Dakota State, Vanderbilt, and Iowa all have in common? What they all beat Colorado State. Yeah, Vandy and South Dakota State uh, beat Colorado State. Uh, Colorado State somehow is favored against San Jose State, which is a team I kind of like. Uh, San Jose State is getting two and a half points. Um, I think the wrong team is favored in this. I think part of the problem is that San Jose, there's two reasons for this. They're one and four against the spread. Uh, that's not great. And Nick Starkle, their quarterback, is questionable. I don't think it's going to matter. I think that Colorado State is an inferior team. I don't think they're very good at all. And I think San Jose State is going to, be ta- is going to take advantage of them. Uh, you don't only really have to worry about having to put up a bunch of points to beat Colorado State because they can't get out of the 20s. Uh, They have yet to score um, more than, let's see, um, 23 points this year. Uh, So not too worried about it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and lean heavily on this one. Um, I am putting uh, two units on it. Feel good. I thought about doing a one unit on the total and then going with the under. uh, But really, I just I didn't want another under. So San Jose State plus two and a half. I got it at minus 105 over on DraftKings. Yeah, I'm
2: looking at the the advanced numbers I have for that one, and I think I like your side just because San Jose State is really good at finishing drives, um, and they create a lot of havoc on defense. So I think those are two kind of critical things. I, I would agree with you that the under is the right side on that if you were going to be taking a total, but yeah,
1: I mean, I think... It's a uh This is an S&P plus special, by the way. I think I think this SP Plus has uh San Jose State as the favorite. Yeah, no. I mean that's
2: so. that's always a, a solid option. Um all right, now we're getting into the games that I love. And the first one I'm gonna be at. So we're gonna Ooh. talk about the other game that I'm writing up for this week for the Action Network, which is Ohio State and Maryland. Um I'm taking Ohio State minus 20 and a half. I know I'm a homer. Shut up. Um here's what I I will just state uh, this is the second best defense that Maryland will have played this year. Maryland lost their top wide receiver um, going into this game for the year. Dante Demas. Um, so oh, they're going to be. wait. He's out for the year. I think he broke his leg.
1: Oh, I, I knew he was out. I didn't. I mean, I believe I, you. I just, I just, I'm, I I'm fairly, mean, I'm, that. Me, I, I'm fairly confident. Yeah.
2: He That's undergoes knee surgery. Yeah. He's out for the year, Um, which sucks. Cause I still love him. Um, but so they lost their top wide receiver for the year. Um, Tagovailoa is coming off the first game where he threw a turnover worthy pass. So he did have one interception prior to last week's game, but I'm based on PFFs numbers. I guess it wasn't a turnover worthy pass and it just kind of was an unlucky break. Um, but this is now the second best defense they will have played because while Iowa was clearly the best defense I still think that even though there's been some questions about the Ohio State defense, I think they're starting to come into their own a little bit. And I think that the area where you can exploit Ohio State's defense is their linebacker crew, not necessarily their cornerbacks. So while this is going to be a spot where Maryland might have some advantages on the offensive side, so they might still be able to move the ball fairly frequently, I think Ohio State's advantages over Maryland's defense are massive. I think Ohio State is starting to come into form as the top offense in the country. I think what we saw last week is that CJ Stroud was a little bit hurt, or if he wasn't a little bit hurt, he realized that, Oh, I I really can't overthrow these people or I might actually lose my job because Kyle McCord is pretty good. Um, and I think we're starting to see this offense come into form. Uh, Travion Henderson was taken out of last week's game and everyone was a little bit worried per Ryan day, fully healthy. They are going to continue to use him a little bit limited. So for DFS purposes, keep that in mind, but I think this is a game where Ohio State now is is starting to round into form a little bit. Three touchdowns is a lot, but give me the I've you've got them on home field in their really their first one in their home game where they're gonna be able to potentially show off. So yeah. Yeah, homerism. Yeah. Uh give us another one because I've only got two games left. All right. So uh I still don't fully buy into Iowa. Um I want to buy into Iowa. I really do. None of their numbers make sense. And while uh, they should be the favorite on their home field because of the home field advantage of Kinnick, um, I think Penn State's the better team. I think we started to see last week and we saw that, uh, against uh, Wisconsin that this team's starting to, or that they're they are a better team than they showed uh, last season. And they're starting to actually figure things out on offense. Penn State. For me, has advantages essentially across the board in this one. I think their defense is going to be able to stop Iowa's pretty putrid offense, and I think their offense has enough success through the passing game that they will be able to keep this game at least within two and a half points. Um, I do think they outright win it, but if I can get points in this one, I'm I'm just going to feel a little more cautious um, because that environment does is actually a pretty solid place to play. It's a worthwhile home field advantage. So I'm taking Penn State plus two and a half at Iowa. Um, I'm not telling anyone to buy it up to uh, buy the extra half point just because I think buying a point in college football is unnecessary. But yeah, this one, this will be an interesting game. It'll be very low scoring. The the wins are going to be crazy. Um, so yeah, super low scoring game. Give me the road dog catching points.
1: Yeah, this one, this, this game one did give me pause. Uh, but I like the Penn State side of it, but everyone I've listened to, like not everyone, but a few people that I've listened to, um are all in on Iowa. And so it just I was like, wait, what?, uh, so I just felt based like maybe on, I got a wrong read on it or something, but I felt based Penn on
2: s and my own my own rankings. I have Penn State in this game would have been favored by three points, which is how I initially, when I saw uh, when after the game last week, everyone was throwing out their what do you think the line will be next week? That was about my read as I thought thought it was Penn state 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 minus three. I thought Penn state would be about minus
1: three. So the fact that I'm sure that this Iowa Maryland game from last week, kind of that just that drubbing probably played into some of the points as well. Anyway, um, let's go to um, my absolute. I'm going to do it in a little bit reverse order here because uh, we have plays on the same game. We can finish up with that one. This is my favorite play of the week. I'm putting two units. On Wake, minus five and a half at Syracuse, minus 114 over on FanDuel. Um, and and you can get this at minus six and a half in other places. But uh, there's a whole point difference over on FanDuel. So I'm going to take my business there for this particular bet. Wake has been really freaking good. Five and 0 um, on the year. Meanwhile, Syracuse is uh, not, in my opinion, great. I know I bet against them. What? I bet against them last week and oh no when it was that no against liberty two weeks ago and they beat liberty but liberty is not um (laughs) liberty is not wake forest wake just took care of business uh their last two games against louisville and virginia two really really good offenses um and they were able to to win those games they held virginia to just 17 points so really impressive um i have been on the wrong side of wake forest all year picking against them I am switching it. They have won me over. I like this team. I think um, why well, can't remember the uh, the name of their wide receiver that I like? So Jakari, Jakari Robinson, Jakari, yeah, um, love him. Uh, I think it's going to be a big game. Let's go, Wake Forest Demon Deacons, which is a weird, a weird mascot, a Demon Deacon. I wonder how they came up with that. I'm sure there's a wonderful, heartfelt story. Uh, but two units, Wake minus five and a half. All right. We'll save the game that we're just going
2: to be talking about a ton uh, for last. Uh, Vegas hasn't figured out what to do with LSU yet. That team is who has
1: <laughs> team is over.
2: Um, Kentucky looks like a very reasonable team. You get them. Um, Kentucky is the home team going into the Kroger field. Everyone knows that that environment. Whew, that's in. It's not insanity, but mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I don't think LSU is still playing for coach Ed O'Gron at the moment. I think that team has completely given up. They are now missing, um, their best cornerback is injured and he will be out. I think it said he's out indefinitely yeah. and I'm blanking on his name. Stingley. Derek, no, Stingley. Yep. He's out indefinitely. Um, they're awful against defending the run. Um, so this feels like a Chris Rodriguez special where he goes and just does whatever he wants. Um, Yeah, I I think UK does does what they can to just keep this game at like a a, they're never going to run away and hide with this, but I would guess they are going to sit with about a seven point margin for most of the game. And at some points in the game, Wandale Robinson will get loose um, and have a big play against a secondary that is depleted. So, yes, give me UK minus three. I hate taking favorites, but give me UK minus three.
1: I'm already excited to uh, send you some texts about one deal going off because i know you're a big fan we we're talking about him on, i am the uh, highest on road Roto- of it everyone at road Roto- is on him
2: we yeah. are in the process of redoing our Devi ranks let's put it this way travis and i have about a five round differential on where his value is right travis is wrong
1: right <laughs> all right let's get to the next game we've got alabama texas a and i've got two plays on this game um the, the one first yeah, I will I will go with my um my least confident one, but I'm still putting a unit on Bama -17 and a half. I think it's comfortable to say Texas A&M isn't very good like with this Calzada what? kid. Um I think Bama is very very good. I do not expect this to be a particularly close game for very long. Uh, therefore, I want um to be on the side of Alabama, so Bama -17 and a half. You know, I like that play. Um, but
2: tell me one Alabama, that you like even better. <laughs> I have two units down on Alabama, minus 10.5 in the first half. Um, me and Jordan, uh, shout out to our former colleague, uh, Jordan Hoover. Uh, he asked me to look up for him a uh, historically what has basically Alabama done over the last few years against the spread in the first half. Um, they are since... 2008 since the start of 2018 Alabama first half spreads they are 29 and 11 um, against the number which and they're winning by an average of about three and a half points it's an ROI of 38 percent. Um, they're currently riding an 11 game winning streak uh, on first half bets and like I like you said I I just don't think Zach calzada is going to be able to do enough particularly with an offense that does not seem to want to be particularly explosive. And I I just think that while, yes, their defense is going to be one of the better ones that Alabama plays this year, Alabama's offense has proven capable of scoring whenever they get down to the 40 yard line. They're averaging five and a half points per opportunity when they get down there. And they're basically not allowing any havoc, um, which is pretty critical. And A&M doesn't create any havoc. So I think Alabama is just going to be able to do what they want throughout the game. They're going to be able to score most of the time when they're on the field um and it may not be super explosive it may not be a flashy one but if you're telling me that uh alabama doesn't have to be leading by two full touchdowns
1: yeah i'm i'm taking that side yeah i like it i mean i i could see myself playing minus 112 by the way yeah i could see myself playing both those bets both the first half and and the total game um or yeah the spread on the total of the game i am also playing a putting two units on the total over 51 this number is way too low. Uh, this year, Alabama uh, and, and the lowest-scoring Alabama final was 57 points. Every other game, they've scored more than that. So, not them, but collectively, the, the game total. Um, I know Texas A&M has been struggling scoring points um, as of late, but I think they can put up enough to get to, to help assist uh, Alabama in getting this number. I could also see Alabama getting this number on their own if they wanted to. So uh, I just think the number's too low. 51 is nothing crazy for an Alabama game. Um it just felt really safe to me. So Bama, I'm putting two units on it, minus 115 over at Bet GM. Yeah, I, I mean I like that play.
2: Um yeah, let's get to uh let's get to DFS
1: DF all right let's go buddy i haven't haven't seen seen your lineup lineup for
2: this week yeah yeah you mine's been sitting in here for the whole day i don't like you can you can always see my lineup um also you didn't ever send me your scores from last week um did you profit last week i have actually no No, idea. no i had an absolutely terrible week if i recall perfect we both had really bad weeks last week we're just going to quickly move on from that although i just want to take two seconds to brag on myself Because I told a lot of people that they should have been playing more of Tyon Evans. Um, Target Missouri's run defense. It's real fun. Um, They're real bad. So, whatever. Move on from that. Last week, I didn't profit. I finished like 13,000th out of like 18,000 people. So, whoops. Sorry. Hope you didn't sweat that one. Um, All right. So, I'm going to start a quarterback. Um, Spencer Rattler. Texas's defense? Is no, you're te- not. Yeah, Texas's defense is among the worst in uh success rate uh, uh passing success rate allowed, they're actually the worst uh on this entire slate. They allow a fair bit of explosiveness. I don't love Spencer Rattler, but I'm going to end up like I'm going to stack him with one of his receivers on this slate and to be honest with you, I, I just wanted to get the upside of him against such a bad defense. Um, and I think this is a game where he does very well. Yeah, I feel gross, though.
1: Yeah, no, I'm just surprised because um... I hate him. I don't actually not, think Spencer is not very all good. that cheap either, right? He is 8,300.
2: He is one of the more expensive QBs on the slate. But I adjust it. I actually I will say this. I love. The a few of the like receivers I have that I got for less expensive, and because of that, I was able to. I end up making a switch because originally I had like fifteen hundred left over. Because originally I think I was looking at Brendan Armstrong, um, or even there was a couple other QBs. I made some swaps late, um, and Rattler ended up being one of my last additions, and I did it because I wanted the stack.
1: Okay. Ooh, teaser right there. Um, it's I am. Mims. I am going with Brennan Armstrong. Uh, I I like him a lot, just in general. I think he's a really fun quarterback. Uh, He's coming off a pretty uh, pedestrian game. Um, It was his season low of 15 points. I think he's going to have a bounce back. Um, Louisville's not a particularly tough defense. I believe they're ranked 229th uh, as a 229th passing defense. So he should have a nice opportunity. Um, Also, they're going to need to be putting up points because... Uh, I expect Louisville to be scoring a lot of points. So to me, this game, um, I I, I was tempted to take the over in this game, but it had climbed five points since Saturday or something like that. Uh, So it's in, I think it's 69 and a half or something like that. So yeah, I didn't want to, yes, and a half. Um, I didn't didn't want to have to bet on 10 touchdowns being scored, Um, but I could definitely see Armstrong throwing four touchdowns uh, this week, uh, getting me in that, you know, 30 points plus range. Uh, so, so I definitely wanted a piece of that game. So, Brennan Armstrong is my QB. Yeah, he's ninety two hundred this week. Um, I I do think this is a game where
2: there's a fair bit of scoring. The only thing that scared me off is Louisville's passing success rate is um, it's fairly good. So I just backed off it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm
1: hit me with hit me with both your running backs.
2: Both my running backs. We'll start off with the good one, Sean Tucker. Of Syracuse, he's seventy-two hundred dollars. He plays Wake Forest. Wake Forest run defense is bad, um, it's real bad. Uh, they are the fifth worst rushing success rate on the slate. Uh, if I click the right one, yeah, so they're the fifth worst one. They're actually tied for that with a couple of teams. So, uh, and they let allow a fair bit of explosiveness. And Sean Tucker is just a monster this year. Um, he's among the leaders in like yards from scrimmage of any running back this year. He's really good. Uh, the price tag's kind of expensive, but to be honest, just getting the opportunity to get him into a lineup and kind of see the upside you can get with him. I really couldn't not do that. Uh, my other running back is Traylon Smith of Arkansas. Uh, old miss is very bad against the run as well. Uh, they are allowing a 48% rushing success rate. Um, yeah, I, Arkansas is going to run the ball uh, a lot. I don't think they're going to pass a ton. So I actually think they're going to run the ball with both their running backs and their quarterback in this slate. And for me, I just I wanted to get a piece of the, that offense in this game because I do think that if there's going to be points scored, it's going to be through the running game.
1: Yeah, and he is um,
2: 5300, by the way.
1: OK, I'm uh m- my cheaper of the two running backs that I'm going with. Is a guy who we had some of us, no, all of us had ranked lower than his counterpart to begin the year. Uh, yet last week he saw uh, 15 rushes while his um, running back mate uh, Eric Gray saw just six total touches. I'm going with Kennedy Brooks. He's still cheaper than Eric Gray. He's only 5,100. So I feel, felt like I could spend, I, I could save a little bit of money. Uh, you mentioned Texas's defense having struggles. They're they're ranked 195th against the run giving up 172 and a half yards per game um so feel good about the opportunity for him and and with him not being very expensive um i thought it was pretty exciting we've seen some crazy things happen in this uh red river rivalry i think you call it nowadays uh so i wanted a little piece of that uh my next guy is someone who now maybe i am feeling a little bit less optimistic about because if you're um you're telling me that he uh he might see limited work, but I'm going with Trevion Henderson, um, Ohio State. Against he's averaging nine yards a
2: carry. You don't actually have to be I,
1: well, that's what I was gonna say. He is he may not get a ton of touches, he may not need a ton of touches. Um, the um the Maryland defense isn't terrible against the run. Um they're ranked 62nd. Um, but they're also not uh they have not played Ohio State before. Also, um, what's his name? The other running back there. Mayan works. Mayan, Master Teague. Like Myan's Crowley. I'm pretty sure Mayan's out for this upcoming game. Um no. if I'm okay. Well, he was out on the slate when I looked at it. Anyway, I like Travion Henderson anyway. Um, I expect to get 20 plus points from him uh week in and week out. And uh it should be it should be a pretty pretty fun ride watching him uh just do some work. So those are those are two running backs I'm going with. Uh why don't you hit me with uh, wide receivers? You mentioned you were stacking with your spencer rattler so who you got there and then i got
2: i just think he's too cheap at, i don't think mario williams is amazing but i do think he's too cheap at thirty thirty eight hundred dollars. and because i did mention like i mentioned i wanted to get a stack with rattler um i went and looked at the oklahoma wide receivers and much to my surprise the leading reception guy uh leading receiver um in terms of receptions was not marvin mims So I went and took a look and wanted to figure it out. And I'm like, huh, Mario Williams has 20 receptions this year. That seems good. Um, (laughs) He's not averaging a ton. He's only averaging 8.9 yards per reception. So it's not like I'm expecting him to have a huge breakout one. But if I can get five receptions for like 50 yards, and if he gets into the end zone, great. It doesn't take a lot to make 3,800 worth it. Um, And if he does get a score, it's amazing. Uh, I also want to point out he has thrown a pass this year and he has a hundred percent completion rate. So you who knows? Maybe we'll get some no. Um so that was the stack I went with. Do you yeah. want me to hit all, all of my receivers or do you just want me to
1: Well, I'll hit my stack next. Um I, I wanted to stack Brennan Armstrong uh with one of his receivers, and I I decided to go with Billy Kemp the fourth. Um oh, because <laughs> Do you have him I mean, too? You have to type in the fourth. Oh, <laughs> um, he's he's awesome. Uh, he is one of their. He's more of their possession receiver. Um, his last four games, he's had nine, seven, eight, and six receptions. So he's getting a lot of work. And with this Louisville defense, which I already talked about being ranked 229th, I think that he will have the opportunity to score. So uh, he was not my most expensive receiver. He was uh, six thousand five hundred, uh, but definitely. Uh, feel like this was a, a fun stack and, and i couldn't get wicks in there he was a, a little bit too pricey so you know i like that one um i'm gonna go with my next cheapest one um
2: this is a price that hasn't adjusted yet for dante Dimas being out for the year rakeem jarrett he's a former five-star receiver um super duper talented uh has had some has had some blow-up games already where he's been just unbelievable uh rakeem jarrett uh I think he should be he's going to be really high owned. Don't like if you're getting Rakeem Jarrett, don't think he's going to create a massive edge for you. He's going to be chalk. But I think there's a reason he's chalk. He might be the type of guy that is when you look at spaces one through 10 on the finish of it, uh, GPP. I think Rakeem Jarrett's going to be on most of them um, if Maryland looks reasonable in this game. Uh, I do think he is going to struggle a little bit early on against Ohio State's secondary depending on which cornerback he goes with because both Denzel Burke and uh Cam Brown have actually looked very solid but if he's able to get in spots where he's up against like a safety if they're able to utilize him where he comes across the middle and he ends up having to get covered by like a linebacker if it goes zone I expect Rakeem Jarrett to find a few big plays and at 4100 I mean he really may may crush this number he has very high upside um so yeah That was an easy one for me.
1: I've got him in my lineup too. So, and again, we didn't look at each other's lineups beforehand. So I totally, that's reasonable. Yeah. I mean, for all the things that you just said, yes. (laughs) I mean, we
2: last week makes you think that the Maryland offense sucks. I promise you it's, it's very solid. Uh, I just think Ohio state's going to run away with this game. Um, my next receiver is not a wide receiver. Um, There was a lot of talk about the two Georgia tight ends coming into this year, Eric er, Eric Gilbert and uh, Henderson. They both suck compared to Brock Bowers. (laughs) Yeah, Um, neither. Brock (laughs) Bowers is making you completely rethink the Georgia tight end position because I actually went back and looked and before the Clemson game where he had six receptions, I had to go back like five years to find a time when a Georgia tight end had a six reception game He is very, very valuable and the only times where he's been under five receptions. So he's had six receptions, three receptions, five receptions and four receptions in the two times where he's gone below five receptions. He's actually scored multiple touchdowns. So I think he has a lot of upside. I think he has a multi touchdown upside. And I also think he has like boom game potential where he has like a hundred yards or five receptions and like 75 yards. So uh, 6,700 a little bit pricey for me, but I do think they're going to have their way with an Auburn team. And I think he is becoming their biggest mismatch receiver. Um, and it isn't a guy like Burton. So I would actually much rather have pay up for Bowers than I would, uh, go cheaper with
1: Jermaine Burton. Yeah. I think this is three weeks in a row that you're going with a tight end. Should I stop doing that? Because I no, don't think it mean... worked out once. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's see.
2: Let's, no, let's in fairness. Oh, I did. I had Marshawn Ford. In fairness, yes. Louisville doesn't have receivers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, mean, I wanted the Louisville receiver, and they just all are trash. Right. Uh, I'm going to the Boise State Broncos. I'm going with a guy who is coming off an incredible, incredible week. Last week, he had 10 receptions for 132 and two touchdowns. I'm talking about Stephon Cobbs. Uh, the reason we haven't heard much of him is because he got injured in week two against UTEP, and we had not seen him again until this last week. And I think the, the combination of Khalil Shakir and Stefan Cobbs is going to be a problem for BYU. I think this is going to be a pretty high-scoring game. Um, I really wanted a piece of it, and I could not find a way to get Shakir in my lineup and not just feel gross about some of my other selections. So uh, Cobbs was only 6,200. wanted to get a piece of that action. Um, again, <laughs> if he does half of what he did last week, I'll be pretty happy. I like it. I'm gonna let you do your flex first. All right, so I'm going. To, I'm going to that Oklahoma game. Um, you said that you weren't doing Marvin Mims. I am, just because he's so freaking cheap—only four thousand four hundred—and this guy can take the the lid off a of defense. Um, last week, he had a, a forty-yard reception. Um, he ended up the the, the week with us, just seventy-one. Uh, but I do think a breakout game is is coming. Texas, we talked about their defense enough now. I am a little nervous that I've got two players in this game, but I think both can score. I do expect uh, Oklahoma to, um, you know, to not, to not. I mean, if that game if that
2: game goes over its total, you are likely getting a lot of points out of your two guys.
1: Yeah. So, so I I went with Marvin Mims again. What? I, I can't, I can't quit him. I just can't. What? No, it's fine. It's that's reasonable. I'm not
2: going to give you grief for that pick. I mean, I am, but it's Marvin Mims. He is the leading. While I said I have the leading reception receiver, uh, he is still the leading yardage guy. Um, I'm going to go for my friend Topher. You may have heard of him. Topher Alave. Uh, (laughs) Chris Chris Alave. Um, I don't know that I have to say a lot. Every single week he could get, he can turn a 20-yard pass into a 70-yard touchdown. Um, He's ridiculous. And he last week had... He kind of reminded everyone last week that he uh, he's still alive. There's been a lot of talk over the last month. Oh, man, I bet you Chris Olave's is really disappointed he came back because, you know, Garrett Wilson's the alpha there. Well, that is his third hundred yard game of the year. Uh, It just so happens that he had like one game where he got no receptions and everyone really honed in on that one. Um yeah, Chris Olave has huge upside and he has multi touchdown upside and even though he is 7600, um I needed to get a piece of the Ohio State game because of the fact that it has a uh, the totals pushed up to 70, I think. You I there's a chance for a ton of scoring in this one and honestly, uh I think that the passing success in this game is going to go to Chris Olave.
1: All right, I like it. Um I wasn't sure how to play that receiver room this week so that i think Topher. that's pretty really good advice yeah um i'm going with mr hank bachmeyer as my super flex quarterback boise state again i already told you i'm going with Cobb's. uh so i've, I've got an, i've got a double stack uh with my two quarterbacks uh bachmeyer just coming off a four touchdown game uh where he just almost put up 400 yards against a, a pretty decent nevada team um i think that they're going to have to run the ball against I mean, I I do not think they'll be able to run the ball against BYU. Um, BYU is a much stronger rush defense than they are um, a pass defense. So I think they'll be relying on Hank to, to get some work through the air. Uh, so that's why I targeted this game from that perspective. So that's my super flex. And he I is at super- 7,000. So he's not all that expensive for a quarterback.
2: Ha, huh, I went even cheaper at quarterback. I went with KJ Jefferson. Um, remember how I said that I think that the way to beat Ole Miss is by running the ball. Yeah. Um, he's a good running quarterback. He has 235 rushing yards. He's averaging almost six yards per clip. Uh, and he's got two rushing touchdowns on the year. I think this game looks a lot more like the Texas game where, or, or where Arkansas pretty much manhandles, uh, their opponent rather than the Georgia game where they were manhandled. handled um, I don't, I mean, at 6,900, I, I don't think Jefferson is going to be this one that's going to go put up a 40-point game for you. So, don't, I mean, I'm limiting expectations here. He was a guy that allowed me the flexibility to do a guy like Bowers, uh, Tucker, and Alave in my lineup. So, with he was kind of my first lock play just based on the fact that I think that the way to beat this team is to run, and I think he's going to choose to run a lot. So, give
1: me KJ Jefferson at
2: 6,900.
1: Yeah, my only concern was the injury, but I definitely had looked at him. I mean, he well. played last week against Georgia. Yeah. So yeah.
2: if you're willing to go out there against a team that is full of like right. 17 NFL players, you're probably willing to go out there against Ole Miss that has like one defender that's worthy of the NFL.
1: Right. Well, that's awesome. That's it. Let's uh, let's go through our let's do the quick recap here, and then uh, we'll get out of here. I'll go through my my uh, bets uh, first. I've got Wake minus five and a half. At Syracuse, I've got San Jose State plus two and a half. I've got Alabama minus 17 and a half and over 51 against Texas A&M. I've got the under in Arkansas at Ole Miss, the under at Notre Dame, Virginia, and the under in Michigan State at Rutgers.
2: I've got Penn State plus two and a half at Iowa for one unit. Western Michigan uh, minus six and a half in the first half against Ball State for half a unit. Northern Illinois and Toledo under 52 and a half for a unit. Uh, OSU minus 20 and a half against Maryland, uh, for one unit UK minus three against LSU for two units, air force and Wyoming under 47 and a half for a single unit, uh, Alabama minus 10 and a half in the first half against Texas A&M for two units, uh, North Texas and Missouri under 69, uh, for half a unit and one unit on Rutgers and Michigan state under 50 and a half for my DFS lineup. I have Spencer Rattler. Uh, Traylon Smith, Sean Tucker, Mario Williams, Brock Bowers, Rakeem Jarrett, Chris Alave, and KJ Jefferson.
1: And for my DFS lineup, I have Hank Bachmeyer, Brennan Armstrong, sorry, Kennedy Brooks. i trying to do my radio voice. <laughs> Trevion Henderson. And then at wide receiver, I'm going Billy Kemp, Rakeem Jarrett, Stefan Cobbs, and Marvin Mims. And if you're going to tell me that he doesn't say his name, Stefan, then he's an idiot. Um Cobbs. Um uh, that's it. That's that's dude, we're going to make so much money this weekend. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to be in New Mexico. I take off tomorrow, so I won't be able, to be able to do any live betting. So I better not screw up these picks this week.
2: All right. Well, I have a crying baby in the background, so let's do it. I'm going to have to get out of here. So Let's go. Any um, any I, final words? Let's go back to the original by Chris Alave.
1: Everyone have a nice day. We'll be with you next week.